can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? This is, this is. First, um, when was the first time you picked up the camera to start shooting? Uh, it was the end of college, uh, senior year-ish. Um, it wasn't really, like, conscious. I just had, you know, a friend that was, like, kind of getting into it or whatever. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I remember taking a course, you know, which I thought it was going to be, like, an easy A, which it was, but... Uh, in the process of the paper that we had to write for it, it was like interethnic studies. Um, you know, like I, I didn't know, you know, you have to pick a topic or something. I was like, okay, well, I'll, I don't know how it came upon it, but it was like media representations of Asian Americans, you know? <laughs> and um, yeah, the thing is, like, it's weird because, like, even though we're, you know, we just know, like, like people just assume that because, like, you know, people protest or, like, you know, they get up in arms about stuff, like, they're, they're always just doing that. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's not mm. the case. It's like most of the time you don't even know yourself that's going on just in the back of your head. You're like, wait a second, how come I never see like this or that, you know, cause you ultimately you actually trust the system, you know, it's not like we're fighting from day one. It's like, Oh no, you know, whatever. I was like, yeah, I don't really see myself, but it's not a big deal, you know, but mm. when you, when you really peel, you know, look at the history and everything, you just realize that, you know, it's, it's part of like, yeah, it's just part of a thing. Like, I, I don't even know if it's not necessarily a conspiracy. Racism is a conspiracy or not. I, I don't know. Who cares? Right. But the fact is that it's it's just obviously not representative of what the true stories are. Um, mm-hmm. So I think just from that, I was like, you know, um, I think it maybe planted something in, my, in the back of my head. Like, you know, I just don't feel good about other people telling um, stories that have an effect on me and not having you know, any opportunity to say something back, especially because, you know, now now that, like, you know, I'm a little sporty or something, like, before I used to just, like, yeah, I really, like, observe a lot. I don't really, like, talk out too much, like, at once or whatever. I'm just, like, trying to, like, take it in, you know, listening, like, you know, respecting, you know, like, oh, this is cinema, like, you know, like, oh, my... This is beautiful. This is amazing. But the, the older you get, you just realize, man, people don't know shit what the fuck they're talking about, you know, a lot of yeah. them. And, you know, that's not necessarily being cynical. It's just like, you know, it's just a surprise when you actually like the whole time you just thought like, oh, you know, I just want to make my contribution. But I know that for the most part, everything is being, you know, kind of rigorously debated in this, um, you know, public forum. But yeah. Yep, and we're in, and just realize that oh my god, like now, you, you know? the, yeah, there's there's not enough, there's not even close to enough real dialogue at all, you know, like as the better that our technology got, like it's like we're having less meaningful. I don't know. It's always sounds so cynical, you know, but well, I think it's true, right? I, mean, I think I think uh, so. You know, me and some friends of mine we talk about this a lot and one of the things we always say is that you know the internet is a can be a great place but unfortunately it's not the place to have you know it's not the place to sh- share intelligent thought as much as now as it is kind of like this place where everybody comes to you know 
grown about things and and, mm-hmm. it's, and it's never um it's it's snippets right so you never get a complete sound bites yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like twitters tweets and you, that that never works out well right because if you walk into a room and you've come in, in the middle of a conversation you have no idea what happened before you came in that room, but you're commenting on what just happened, right? And right. It's, and it's, so you're not really commenting on anything that intel, like an intelligent thought. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the internet, unfortunately, gives us today. I mean, it, you know, uh-huh. it's an unfortunate side effect of something that could be used for great. Right. But we, you know, we obviously uh, haven't grown enough enough for that to well uh, you know you know that's you know there's uh obviously an important point that you make like i i might venture to say that it's you know we we kind of tend to equate things maybe like mm-hmm. uh, oh you know this is the internet this is the internet but really this is just a you know what we have now is just one version of the internet that somehow it came to be right it wasn't necessarily the internet that it started out to be or the internet that happened yeah. or whatever. It's just somehow along the way, like it just got washed over and it, and it was like, okay, this is the internet. Yep. <laughs> this it's is what it totally is now. It. I mean, cause you know, and we're like, what? Wasn't like, the I mean, the supposed thing, to be a military. Right? I mean, it was supposed to be this information highway. That was yeah. really all it was supposed to be like a place for people to exchange information. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and you're right. Like, Somehow we, it was almost like we went, like we were presented with all these different universes and mm-hmm. we chose this one somehow where, where it went wrong. Who knows? Maybe it was Facebook. Maybe it was MySpace. So maybe, you know, mm-hmm. who knows? I, Cause I remember a day when, you know, a website was, you know, like it was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't you going up there to like, put something up there to tell people about mm-hmm. how you felt about things. It was more about this is some information I think people should mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and then you just go to the, the person's site and they tell you all this stuff and then uh, maybe you leave a comment or something, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's very like self-curated kind yeah. of thing or it feels very like DIY. Yep, 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 yep. It's, <laughs> it, it, I, I had just thought about the internet um, in social media, and my thought was is that, um, you know, so when the cell phone came around, right, it came, mm-hmm. came kind of like very like slow at first, right? I mean, it was like the, the kind of those backpack type things, and you know, the mm-hmm. military phones where you had to wind up to get the mm-hmm. signal, and and it and then it just like so I think somewhere around what. 98, 99 it made like this quantum leap of technology and it's my it's my feeling that we were given this tool this internet mm-hmm. before we were ready for it you know and I think like no one and maybe it's because like you said we we kind of changed the purpose of what it was supposed to be but also I think that like with any tool that you get, like a cell phone, a television, a motorboat, it comes with a direction of guide, a guide to tell mm-hmm. you, okay, this is how you should use it. This is what you should, how you shouldn't use it. You know, 
We've no one has ever done that for the internet. No one has ever came to your house and said, "All right, hook up your cable. Here's a guide on how to use the internet, and here are the rules." And I think mm-hmm. that's what the one of the issues has was like up front is that we were given this power without a real set of rules around it, where people could say, "All right, this is how I should be using it," and because at that point, then you choose whether to use it or not. In that, that that way, just like any other thing, right? But this way, it was kind of, it was just like, here, Darren, here's a knife, and we're not going to tell you what to do with it. Just run around and, you know, do whatever you want with it. And left us to our own devices. And, um, you know, we've gotten something interesting. I mean, it's, you know, I can't say that I, I could never do what I do without it, but... You know, there's a downside to it, and uh, you know, there it is. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it kind of it always makes me think of the Michael Crichton book slash movie, The yep. Sphere. Yep. You know, it's yep. like they give you this thing, and basically, it could be used for good or bad, or and you know, it just because yep. of all our fears, it just goes to shit usually. Yep. yep. Um, yep. But there's glimpses. There's something. Yep. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I would just, yeah, I, you know what I think it is, um, is that, you know, with um, like Facebook and Google and all those things, like basically, right, we, we don't pay to use those services, but companies or advertisers or commercially minded entities, you know, are trying to make profits. Um, they're the ones paying Facebook, so they're the real customer, right? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, is it really that hard to imagine a, a, another reality where we actually pay to use social media and then we become the, the customer? I mean, it really isn't that hard if you think about it. So I think if people could just make that shift, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I would, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I would pay hundreds of dollars to use Facebook, but you know, I would pay like, I don't know, thirty, fifty bucks or something a year, like safely or something. You know, if if mm. all those billions of people on Facebook paid that to Facebook every year. Oh my God. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, you know, it's just, I don't know if it's some, what I, I don't, I don't like quantifying things or, you know, like capitalism or whatever, but maybe just the way that we think we don't even like, we're so, we're such sheep right now and we don't, there's no even real leader. <laughs> yeah. and the leaders come and go yep. we're just like oh this is the way it is and we can't do anything about it you know that's just yep. how it is yep. but yep. it's actually you know it's you just it's not hard but it, it is hard yeah yeah so you're um, you, so you're out of college you've, you've shot your first thing so you know what was your you know at that point in time, like, what were you thinking about the film industry, like for yourself? Like, did you think this was something I wanted to do long term, or you know, this was just a way for me to kind of express myself? You know, what? How? Like, how were you approaching getting into it? Uh, I don't think I really had like a long term I- idea. I just kept doing stuff. Um, you know, with I mean, I, I yeah, maybe had certain dreams or fantasies or whatever but really you know without really any kind of idea like you know what what's even going on right <laughs> i don't know just a blind 
following, um, yeah, I went to different um, schools, like summer film schools. I, I went to or UCLA, kind of continuing education. So you did take film as a, as a, as a, a, a like in a formal setting too, right? Um, well, those were like you know kind of like those extension schools. Sure, sure. sure. Um, but they yeah happen to be pretty good. A lot of them. I mean, they're working people who are actually teaching it, as opposed to like when you go to other schools in different cities like people are not All right people are teaching are not really doing it well, you know been out of the industry yeah. for like year, 20 years or so you know yeah but in LA there's so many yeah that like you know there's working people or somehow so you do get some pretty good ones I mean I took acting and cinematography first um and so were yeah. you trying to were you gonna like was it just around yourself out or were you thinking maybe I should be an actor uh, I mean, not that I, it was such a brilliant stroke or whatever, but you know, I thought it's good to learn what the actor's process is in order to learn how to direct them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was actually really invaluable um, because otherwise, you know, it might have turned me into a different kind of director where it's like, hey, like do this, like this, and then like this, and it will go like very, you know? Right. I mean, there's a way to do that too um, for, for certain reasons, but for the most part, like actors, they like to be able to play um, at least the, I think the good ones, you know? And then there are other ones that just know how to execute like what you tell them to do. Right. Um, but the ones that where you start to get really interesting things are the ones that um, know how to play and be in the moment and react off of each other. And then, yeah, that's the fun part, you know, the discovery. Right. right? So I'm just glad that I was able to learn um, and appreciate some of that. Um, yeah. yeah through their eyes and uh yeah so there you go and then cinematography was pretty cool because you know you got all those really awesome cameras and you know freaking Mm. dollies and like you know all kinds of expensive stuff where you're like wow this is awesome (laughs) you know looking at your background like uh you know i see you have a background in ip law and you have you know internet startups and cinema production you have you actually almost have like the perfect um background for a filmmaker today because i think having that like all of this having an understanding of intellectual property obviously is super huge this right now um and then an understanding of how to create a business because your 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 production company is a business and you need to understand the business end of what you are before you can you know really truly become successful at what you're trying to do so you got all these different elements i think um was that on purpose or did just all these things just kind of happen just happen um, I, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, uh, I mean, basically, mainly I tried to get into film school first time. It didn't take, mm. um, and it was, we we're in the midst of a recession. Mm. So I had a, you know, I, you know, I had to go to grad school. <laughs> uh, my parents, you know, wanted me to go to, so it was a bit of a, I don't know, some like a negotiation, I guess. But yeah, not, mm-hmm. but you know, what was there to negotiate? I mean, I, I really didn't want to go to law school like first time around. Right. But then that made me think I would probably end up there somehow. <laughs> I did. But you know, the funny thing is, like going there, 
um, you know, it actually helped me get into film school. Mm. So it was kind of um, a necessary part of the road. But in, in the process, I actually learned how to write really well um, at law school. And you, you learn how society works. It's actually like, I mean, I, you didn't really learn anything in college, but, you know, at least you learn law school is kind of like college in a way you know i don't I mean really if you're if you're going to be governed by all these laws and stuff i mean it's surprising that everybody doesn't at least learn a little bit of stuff from law school. yeah true <laughs> make any sense. especially these days yeah but instead you got to pay like you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to go learn the laws mm. or yeah go to law school and stuff so i mean what, what can you say you know like every every society is like mm. got its problems. So what was the first um what was the first project that you uh put into that like what was the first one where where a mass audience got to see? Uh like a film festival? Yeah. Or, yeah, um probably the second year film that I did at um, grad school. Um, it's called It Strikes Twice. Um, what was it's, that about? It's about this kid. He's like walking by this like um, blacktop playground at night. And there's some guy on the floor that says he can't move because he got hit by lightning <laughs> and then he did, but he doesn't trust him because he's coming from like somewhere he's coming from his own issues um and it's just about yeah the the guy on the ground trying to convince this guy that you know he really needs help um and yeah just the uh, it's, it's kind of like waiting i guess it's described as waiting for Godot-esque. Um, oh, interesting. But it's a comedy comedy thriller, I guess. You wrote uh, this? And, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's basically um, the reason I wrote it was um, there. I think there are a lot of people always like trying to make you help them, you know, acting like the victim. So they need your help, mm. you know, um, prior, but, you know, it can when you just help people without, you know, really, especially in New York, (laughs) you got to be careful because you're exposing yourself up to liability. So I don't know, like, you know, trying to help people these days, it's like a tricky thing, right? I mean, even if it's somebody on the street who's, you know, panhandling or something, you know, it's, you know, it's just like, uh, it's a tricky thing, you know, it can tug at your emotions, but then, you know, it can also tug at your wallet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Make you extremely humiliated. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's a weird situation. So, um, so what, how, what, how would you describe yourself as, a like, what, like, is a filmmaker like are you uh what type of film what kind of content are you would you say you are like um are you a social you know justice person or you know like or your social message or you're an you know what where do you where, where would you think you fit in the, the scope of you know genre um, I think, uh, you know, I always want to do something that has some kind of relevance to what's going on, just so that 
you know, hopefully if people watch it, there, there's some kind of dialogue going on mm. um, that that can, you know, influence things one one way or another, you know, where, where things can actually happen because you're communicating. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely appreciate that. I think, I think um, the more I think about it, uh, comedy, there's always got to be an element of comedy mm. uh, in everything that I probably do just because even if I try to get away from it, I just realize that it's pretty much, it's very important and not just in the funny sense but in like a philosophical sense mm. uh, um, I mean it's comedy is like it's not necessarily just about laughing laughing and, and you know laughter and being funny it's it's like a weird it's it's like a tickling a certain sensibility you know <laughs> that, mm. that's like been innate or developed within us or conditioned and just tickling at it you know right, right. <laughs> and but it in, in that tickling, you know, like you can laugh or whatever, but it becomes like, I guess, cathartic because of the, the reality of the truth that's in there. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, and as, as much as people have been doing all this stuff about current events, you know, the comedians and stuff, like, who knows if they're really fulfilling it to their potential yet either, because right. if it were, I mean, I think there would still be a better discourse than it is now i mean at the end of the day they're comedians trying to get views too you know even if they have a good heart or whatever i mean i just feel like anybody i don't i don't trust anybody on any side because even right or left like no matter how much they say they believe it or not or till whatever death um Mm. i think they're just trying to get views you know Yep. They they would they they would be seeing the opposite side if they knew it would get them views. Sure. sure. You know? Sure. So yeah, it just this whole views based I you know, internet, you know, which is really driven by advertising because that's the advertising business model. Right. So everything has to be based on views so the advertisers know what to pay. You know, but if you're getting quality um, interactions or something, I mean, you know, that it could be worth, you know, hundreds of dollars or not that they would necessarily pay it, but, you know, that could be worth a lot to them more than whatever that is, you know, quantified by the uh, advertising business model. So I think there's a disconnect between the business models and then, you know, what the achieving the goal of a, a truly social media. Yeah, and I, you know, it's, I mean, you know, comedy is, um, it, you know, is a very, um, it's, it's a great tool to, um, kind of bring people together in a way that's unique because you can talk about serious issues without, um, putting people on a defensive. And I think that's the first step toward having good dialogue is that, you know, you can talk about things without, you know, trying to point your finger. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, so, and it's always, I mean, that's always been kind of the role of comedy in a lot of ways anyway, right? I mean, it's just been kind of like, I think to me is like two, two things that really unite people, music Mm. and comedy. Uh, yeah, uh, and there's a lot. Yeah, it's great, great that you bring that up. I've been thinking that recently too. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's, yeah. And there's a, I mean, there's a reason why a lot of comedians want to be musicians, and a lot of musicians want to be comedians because there's a, mm-hmm. they are very much similar. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like I I thought of that because I was watching, um, well, because basically Seinfeld was saying that, what? you know, the coffee uh, in comedians' car cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's I watched all the you know binge watched it all, um, and then yeah, he's like dropping little nuggets of philosophy you know comedy throughout and mm. you know one thing that i remember him saying for sure is that you know he feels like comedy never changes you know like it always stays the same like i don't know maybe what will make people laugh is but i mean the role of comedy or something um so and then i remember there were other um episodes where there was somebody who knew about music and i was like oh well i think music and comedy are actually very similar because you know, you're kind of like performing to an audience. You're getting an immediate response. You know, they're very, they're very immediate. You know, and it's like speaking to the masses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there's the, there's the, um, I think one of the one of the things that ties music and comedy together um, is because of the timing there's both have to have perfect timing Mm -hmm. um it's two things that most people love i mean there's very few people that you that you'll meet and go they don't like music or they Mm -hmm. they don't like to laugh and if that Mm -hmm. you find somebody likes doesn't like either one that's probably a sign that you don't want to be around them (laughs) most likely so you know i think that i like I like the fact that there's a symmetry there, and um, it's funny because you're. I'm looking here, and so you, you're, you're, and this is. I'm really interested about this. So your childhood idol is Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah, like really? many, like you know, like many people, you know, of my era. I, <laughs> like, so are you a musician too, or like, what? Like, are you? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, for the movie, I, I wrote all the music, and oh, then wow. you know, we performed it, recorded it, you know, uh, ended up being like 12 tracks, you know, several of the songs are not in the movie. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I never really planned on trying to record or write music, but I think at a certain point, you know, especially you've been, if you are used to listening to really good music, and then over a period of like 20 years, you just listen, you know, it's nothing is like doing it for you. anymore. like, it's not like you do it out of a duty. Like you just end up doing it because you just, why not? I mean, it's not even conscious. You just need to hear something else. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know, and then you just realize like, Oh, you know, I mean that, but that was the whole ethic of it before anyway. Right. I mean, like it was all DIY. So it's not like, what's to stop, me or anybody else you know you can just do it um mm. that, that was the beauty of like garage bands yeah yeah so since we're on the subject so uber reality is your, your new your new project and how did this become reality like what what you know where did this come from like where would you like suddenly like how did you even come to because this was like some i was telling somebody else about this um, and all the different things you did with it, and it's just pretty—it's pretty innovative. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think like several years, you know, more, more than five years ago, um, even in designing the logo of like uh, the production company, which is Hostile Sun and Pictures, mm. uh, 
which you know was a while ago. It was actually the same people that did like the Made in New York logo. <laughs> so oh, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, actually, it looks kind of similar <laughs> if you look at it. <laughs> it's very simple, but very smart. Nice. Um, but they, you know, I was thinking, I can't even remember why, but you know, I just thought that the future might be where you're in the theater watching. Um, you know, movies with people from, you know, different people around the world watching the same movie at the same time, but you don't need to physically be there. And, like, literally everyone could be, like, their own little avatar, you know, like Mystery uh, Science Theater or something. Which is all um, coming, coming, coming. That's coming real soon if it's not already yeah, there. Yeah, So, and I think, because I was just trying to boil it down, like, what you know, with... Um, cinema that even at that point that was like slowly dying like what is it that brings people to the theater right and it's yeah it's that communal experience of watching a movie together mm. uh, and then but then I thought about you know my own self like I'm like oh I'm gonna go all the way to the theater mm. I mean I know it's like lazy and it's like you know like I'm born like in between the millennial and the X generation, so it's like can go both ways sometimes. Right. I'm just like, yeah, realistically, like, am I really gonna like hoof it out there all the time? And like, <laughs> you know, there's like you take chances because you there's sometimes idiots there, or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, I and then when you think about it like that, you can be like, oh, there probably is true value to having an experience in the future where you can actually enjoy movies and watch them with different people from around the world but even have like a better experience because of the technology, not necessarily like a worse one because you're not seeing it projected in 35, you know? Right, right. Um, so I kind of always had that idea and was trying to figure out how to implement it, like, you know, not knowing very much about coding or anything like, like that or design, but just over the course of years, like, and, you know, with all the different little technologies that keep coming out and then you real, and the prices keep coming down that, they're more accessible to somebody, you know, on a DIY level. Um, yeah, I mean, I was able to find, you know, there's basically this pro progressive web app technology, which is like um, iOS and Android app without needing to be in those stores. And um, hmm. you basically, it's, you know, the you just go to the website address and it behaves like an app. You, you know, you can uh, use different services that have tools that, you know, and if you know a little bit of HTML, that's all you need to like help, you know, get you through certain spots. Um, so you can build your website to behave like an app, you know, and not have to pay an aggregator fee and, you know, the time and cost of going through the stores and every time you update, you know, right, I can right. update this thing and like, you know, so easily. Um, and this is actually the technology that is more cross compatible across all browsers, loads faster, it can, you know, you can build it so that it can load, you know, load stuff and then, you know, still operate offline. Hmm. Um, you can have it so that people can get notifications just like in the app. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's like funny. Like you just go like I think I'm going to have to like make a little video about this later. Like how do you use super reality? <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're it's, going, it's, I'm going to get questions about this. So you probably. Yeah, no, absolutely. yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's just you can. You can go if you go to the website address and then, you know, like there's always a little box that pops up, like allow notifications from this site, like if you're on Chrome or something. Right. So if you click yes, then it'll like just, yeah, if I send a notification, like there's a new video up or something, like, yeah, it'll just come through your desktop. Or, cool. um, so there's this technology out there now that's, which, which is very affordable 
now um, with different service uh, providers out there. So yeah, that allowed me to like conceive because like if you think about it, it's very rigid just coding in HTML and like yep. how you're gonna make things fluid or whatever. But now you can do it, um, and now with virtual reality or 360 technology. Uh, I mean, there's already tons of examples of people building virtual theaters where you can watch movies and stuff, you know, and Netflix has their own version where you can watch Netflix and you're in like some ski chalet. Yeah, I saw that. It's, yeah, and, you know, it's, and I've used that before and, you know, you can even use it like while you're sleeping next to your wife mm. and like watch Netflix and, you know, maybe you're not gonna do it every night or something, but it's kind of, you know, it is kind of like chill. Like you don't have to be like out on the sofa in the living room or like whatever, you could just boom, put that on you're like, watching netflix and you just fall asleep <laughs> that's cool. it is kind of cool and yeah. and it's almost you know i remember i remember growing up uh you know and uh there was second life and second life was kind of like the you know played the kind of the nerds would go you know that's what they call you know would tell you you were a nerd but you go in there and you'd meet all these different people but i think there's going to be this kind of like convergence of that type of environment with VR and AR where you're right. I think, you know, cinema to me could be a place where you, you meet your friends virtually in this theater to, to hang out instead of having to go out to a theater and um, deal with the masses and who knows, maybe it'll be cheaper than what the theaters are right now. Cause you know, People are getting tired of $25 theaters that yeah. um, they may or may not have a good time at. So, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, you know, the other technology which uh, just came out that um, is, I think, an important piece is, uh, you know, let's not get into detail because mm. <laughs> I know people, it's just people talk about it too much, like blockchain, right? Um yeah. People talk about it in terms of currency, uh, but it, you know there's definitely um, applications in, in movies and copyright. Um, so you know, like if you think about it, like if you buy a Blu-ray or you buy like a DVD, you know, you, you're just buying like a file. You know, nothing says that this file is necessarily for you to use or whatever. And you know, it's just a general blanket license that everybody gets access to. Like if you have the physical copy. But now in this day and age, like physical copies just don't make sense as much. Right. Um, so I think that's where blockchain can come in. And then you have this authentic certificate that you, in fact, own this copy of whatever and it's it's yours. Um, and where I think that, you know, we, where we're trying to push that with the Uber reality platform is not only like creating kind of a virtual theater, um, not, you know, a virtual theater in the sense that you're in 360 or it's virtual in that you're like in a website and watching a movie, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but how do you go beyond that, right? Like, um, rather than thinking that the audience is just somebody who just has a blanket license to watch your film, like maybe empowering them to participate in it, um, basically legally being able to kind of create fan fiction or derivative fiction um, and pay, um, you know, the fee of a, a Blu-ray disc, um, but then get, you know, the ability to create that stuff legally and even use it commercially with no further, further royalty. Mm. So, 
without blockchain, I don't know if you can really do that on a mass scale. Um, so combining that with something like a Creative Commons license, um, where you can dole out certain rights, usually to the general public, hmm. but you know you can adopt that so that you can give that to certain people, you know, who, uh, you know, certain groups, depending on whether they went through a paywall or whatever, you know, so interesting. I think that's where, because, like, you know, they, Hollywood or whatever, or everybody, they just kind of treat it like, I think it's not necessarily that things are going bad, like, maybe they're only going bad because we're still going through this learning curve of, like, what it really is. Right. Um, you know, I think what it was is that we're like worshiping these artists and authors and actors which is not necessarily a bad thing um but to take that and and use that in today's world with something like the internet which could be used for good i think we end up in the situation we are now um but if we were using that um you know for good like we wouldn't be wanting people to worship our work. We would want it to help everyone be more connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would give them an avenue, you know, and that's why I try to write um, Simbi Zombies, uh, you know, the music comedy yep. saga. Yep. Um, as something, you know, it's 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 more, it's like a template. Um, it touches on a, a lot of themes, you know, and I was like pretty methodical about like structuring it so they can touch on a lot of different human themes that you know if somebody because not everyone has a script you know a lot of people are creative they don't necessarily have a story they just need an outlet yep you know and case in point is Gangnam style i mean Mm -hmm. you're getting a lot of people who wanted to do something creative but they just needed something to get excited about yep so they did that, but the the thing is that wasn't done legally. You know, they just didn't sue them, and you know that, that wouldn't make sense to, as business wise to sue them. But at the end of the day, like, you know, why wasn't that that system could have been so that other people making the videos could have made money, more money, and then the people, you know, the guy who even conceived it in the beginning would make more money too. But actually, all that just went to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> You know, all that money just yeah. went to YouTube. I mean, yeah. think about how many, two billion views. Yep. How much advertising money does, it, yeah. does that get? Ridiculous amount. Uh, and like, I mean, I think Sai got like a few million or something, but yeah, I think so. Probably should have got more. Um, but what can he do? You know, it was yeah. like first examples. But I mean, if you think about it, why isn't there a platform that exists that allows you to do that? I mean, it may take some time, but I, I think. I think that's when you're going to start to, you know, an internet where it's more about interconnect connectedness than um, worshiping people who have views. God, that would be <laughs> nice. Be a nice change eventually. Yeah. So you're doing uh, so, Simbi Zombies. Where can it's, you know? So where if someone wants to watch it, where like what's what's this? What's where? Where can people watch it? Well, so you know, Uber Reality is the platform. Um, and the website is www.uberreality.net. Um, so that's that's basically where uh, I plan on releasing, um, you know, all the different titles from uh, my production company uh, from now on, you know, on a self-release. Um, so you can go there. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. So you control. You get to control it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's. 
different aspects, you know, and it's going to be a bit of a work in progress still, but you can go here, you can access uh, the different saga series, calling it a saga instead of a series, um, because it can be ongoing. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah, you go there, and you can find uh, Simi Zombies there, so that's the saga, and then um, there's something called UR Options under... If you go to the website, there's a the three lines in the top left corner. Sure, the menu. And when you touch that, menu drops down. Yeah. And then you see home about UR sagas and music. That's how you see Simbi Zombies. Um, UR options. That's where later I'm going to deploy different um, levels of you know being a member ultimately, which also will later give you the blockchain and copyright use privileges. Um, so that's for later. Uh, cool. You got I and I listening room, listening rooms. Uh, right now, I put uh, different tracks, three different tracks so far from the uh, Simi Zombies soundtrack. Uh, we got chapter one, two, um, and oh, one and two and nine. Mm-hmm. The final chapter we have it there. So uh, we have a little preview of chapter two, which is releasing this Friday at eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. Uh, this Friday being significant because it's uh, Lunar New Year. We released uh, chapter one on New Year's. Um, this time we're releasing chapter uh, two on Lunar New Year, um, and we'll be releasing monthly, roughly, uh, targeting different. Um, dates depending on like we have you know we're, the theme is kind of like liberating yourself through music you know tying in with kind of a you know a revolutionary mentality right so um the reason why we chose uh, the new year to chapter release chapter one is because i don't know if people are aware of this but it's uh, haitian um independence day oh i did not know that yeah 1804 um 1804 is when they uh declared independence um you know from french colonialism hmm. and you know i'm not trying to act like i know all this about like haitian whatever but ultimately like simbi zombies is like i you know it's very researched in in terms of like kind of the um vodun or voodoo culture you know kind of tying in um where that all came from you know there's you know zombies you know that whole concept began you know through colonialism um Hmm. I don't know if you're aware of that. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you if you look back, I mean, and a lot of it's tied to Haiti. Like, if you look at White Zombie, or I Walked with the Zombie, which are the two of the earliest zombie movies, they all take place on a Haitian plantation. That I know, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, the, but then that was really about mind control, like, you know, subjugation. Um, and George Romero, you know, is kind of like, you know... Night of the Living Dead is when it turned zombie turned into a, you know, a flesh eating one. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I think is you know like, I'm not criticizing his political modes or whatever, but in a way like it's, you know, is that truly what zombie is about? You know, it's, it's it could be another instance of colonialism. <laughs> you know, the flesh eating mentality. I mean, although I enjoy Walking Dead as much as anybody, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So it was Haitian. You know, because like when when we also speak about America, mm. you know, mm. like why don't we think broader about America? America is basically North and South America. It's a whole new world. It's the whole hemisphere. Uh, you know, um, 
if you think about America, it's discovered by America. I mean, not Amerigo Vespucci. You right. know, it's, it's named after Amerigo Vespucci. Yeah. You know, and he went down to like you know South America and everything, and so you know, obviously the Caribbean is, is part of America as well, and you know, Haiti Haiti is is basically the first state to ever emancipate itself from hmm. slavery. Hmm. You know, but people don't really talk about that. They just talk about how destitute and poor it was or whatever. Um, without really talking about what it took to even get to where they are now, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so it really should be more example for all of America, um, in a way. And I, you know, again, I'm not trying to pretend like I'm an expert at all this stuff or whatever, no, but it's... these are just observations that have, like, through the maybe 50, it's almost been like 15 years now since the first draft of the script. But you know, it, and even the reggae wow. music didn't even come become involved until like five years ago or something. Wow. <laughs> but I did write the first draft in Jamaica in Ocho Rios um, in like four four days. It was like you know it's always been the story of envy among uh, family. Mm. Um, mm. Um, yeah, but then you know the uh, there was a uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Bookman. Um, who was a Jamaican slave who was brought to Haiti and he helped lead the revolution. Um, so there's like this kind of cultural exchange between Jamaica and Haiti. Um, but I think today there's like kind of a divide, you know, like right. not that they're like actively against each other or whatever, but mm-hmm. there's just kind of like everyone's mm-hmm. side off like even if you look at like the dominican republic and haiti it's like why is one side all you know it's kind of weird right i mean yeah. you would think that there would be there's like faults you know mm. um so yeah i just yeah and even you know the reggae music is a product of a lot of cross-cultural pollinate pollination you know like you know they're they're kind of like riffing on like r&b music early on you know doing dub you know um before it kind of starts to block blossom into its own thing with more of a melody, um, and you know that's going across from the Caribbean to like England, you know, to America, like you know, back and forth, whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, I just feel like there's so many interesting observations that you can make that connect different cultures, and I, I guess that was kind of like the goal uh, with this. I mean, it started from uh, you know more of a very personal place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I thought, if, you know, I, I, the more I realize how hard it is to make a movie, it's like, if this is going to be my last movie, then what can I do that, like, you know, that I'm really interested in <laughs> make and to make it interesting? Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad we got I'm a chance go- to have this conversation and talk because, um, you know what? This is we have to talk more because I find like you you have some interesting stuff going on and um, I'm definitely want to make sure you keep me updated on the whole blockchain thing because uh, I love that stuff and I don't know enough about it I'm learning I am learning but um, I think you know like we are having the conversation with a friend about bitcoin and all the you know cryptocurrency and stuff and we all agree that it's not it's not that's not really what the the real money is the money is going to be in the technology for blockchain and how that can be used for other things so i've never heard it being used in the way you're being you've talked about it so we definitely have to continue this conversation um again because that's a whole other thing right there, man. And that's that that would change yeah. the game for a lot of film, um, just content in general, you know. So, um, 
Um, you're at. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just decided. Yep. Um, so you're at yeah. Uber underscore reality at Twitter and uh, yeah. Psych on Instagram. Yep, Sheep Psyche. Okay, all one word. Uh, UberReality.net. The, ups, the website, yeah, is one word, UberReality.net. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and uh, this Friday, 8 o'clock, we're basically, you know, we're going to do this for every episode at this point, or we call them chapters. Uh, there's nine chapters total. We're, we're testing it out this time around. We're doing a live mass streaming event. Oh, cool. Uh, whether... I don't know how many people is going to be necessarily, but, um, you know, the idea is, you know, kind of taking that idea of like, let's watch a movie together. Okay. Like maybe we don't have the technology or the budget right now to do everything perfectly as we want, but we can live stream. Um, and you know, I can, um, explain a few things and then we can press play at the same time and, you know, watch it on the internet, whether on your phone or uh, your laptop, um, and see if you can kind of like sense through the internet that is there some kind of communal thing going on, you know, and, you know, maybe stick around for a a recap or or not. Uh, But it's at eight o'clock. I'm planning to go on at seven um, and just do kind of some pregame commentary or just talk about different things or answer questions or anything. Um, It's a little bit of a test. So that'll all be taking place at uberreality.net. Cool. Um, if you looked at the menu, there's a, a section for a live feed. It's called INI Live Feed. And essentially, that's just our uh, YouTube streaming gotcha. um, site right there. So cool. we're going to just stream it through Cool, um, man. Thanks so much for, for joining the, the podcast. And, um, you know, hope you are up and about on your feet soon and then uh, at that yes. point hopefully we can get together and uh, have a drink and uh, hang out some point that sounds very good <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> alright Dave uh, I can't uh, wait <laughs> I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I'll bring uh, yeah that's the second knee man I can't wait until <laughs> I get this done <laughs> Brutal. (laughs) All right, so uh, thanks, Darren. Talk to you soon, Dave.